Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, Scott Luton. And Constantine Limbarak is here with you on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's live stream. Dino, how are you doing today? I am doing great. How are you, Scott? I'm wonderful. Back fresh off big week of shows, including a great webinar that you and I enjoyed on Tuesday. But, Dino, as you know, we've got a big show teed up here today. Are you ready? I am ready. I was looking forward to this one all week as well. So it's We are too. And hopefully the weather is nice and cool up there in Chicago where you are, huh? It is at 5.15 this morning. It was 65 degrees. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds so good. But hey, speaking of our outstanding conversation teed up here today, we'll be talking about moving your supply chain organization from chaos to control, peace and calm and serenity, perhaps, all while not only leveraging Dino you know, best-in-class visibility, but the answers and solutions that you need to make it happen. Should be a good one, huh? Yes. All right. So get ready. Not only will you hear from Heidi and Dino and myself, we want to hear from y'all. So drop your comments based on what you hear, your take in the cheap seats or club-level seating, whatever we're calling it here, the grandstand. Drop it there. We'll share that throughout the conversation. So. Do you know you're ready to get to work? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So I want to welcome in our featured guest today, back by popular demand, Heidi Binko, Vice President of Product Marketing and Strategy with Nexus. Hey, hey, Heidi, how you doing? Good. How are you? Doing wonderful. Great to have you back. I was talking with the team earlier today about the great webinar we enjoyed with you and uh, a colleague or a customer uh, a couple months back. And man, we blink. And we're five months from May, huh? Can't believe that it's months over. What? It happened. Oh, no kidding. We're at the end of the month here. But hey, so we got a lot to get into here today. Great to have you back. Dino and I are looking forward to a great conversation, but we're going to start with a little fun warm-up question. So I want to start with this one. This is going to take some folks back, I think. So back on this date, back in 1997, the Apple, the company that we all know and love, well, it was in a much different place. The company really was floundering and had just brought back the legendary Steve Jobs as interim CEO. And on September 28, 1997, the company kicked off that infamous, that famous, iconic, think different ad campaign. I can still remember some of the ads and of course, some of the magazine print ads and whatnot. That whole campaign really signaled a wildly new, successful chapter for the company and really led to a big resurgence. And Apple really started to become the Apple that we all know and love today. So, Heidi, with that as a backdrop, I'm, I might be a bit of a, car, uh, a commercial nerd. I don't know. But with that as a backdrop, what's one of your favorite all-time ads? There's so many, but it's funny. We were just talking about Apple. And I just, I don't know if you've seen the new Apple commercial, actually. Yes. Because that's been sticking with me, maybe because I just saw it, but I also thought it was pretty powerful, right? Um, so, that one, I thought, I mean, it's obviously so relevant time. But, you know, they do, Apple does really differentiated ads that really make you think, whether it's, you know, I'm a Mac, right? Right. Uh, is a good one or just this latest one. So definitely. 
I'm with you, uh, Heidi. And that commercial you're talking about, I think that's where the latest iPhone is like moving through spaces from diff, diff, deep part of the universe and landing here on Earth, right? I don't, I just, it's Mother Nature comes in and is doing her annual review of how are we doing? Sustainability. Oh, if okay. you what it's really, and they're all like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm going to add that. Questioning that, I'll give you, I'll send it to you. It's pretty, <laughs> what is Apple doing to improve planet? It's pretty great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to check that out. All right, so that's a good one. And it's one that's not on my radar, but it is now. So, Constantine, it's going to be tough to top. What's one of your favorite all-time ads? I would have to say in the late 70s, when I was a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Iron Curtain, you had Mean Joe Green giving Mm. that his shirt after he, and then he gave him a Coke and he gave him his shirt. I mean, that's classic, right? That that we need more of that. So, and I love, I always love that commercial because I was a big Steelers fan. Oh, such a great one. Such a great one. And of course, in the pre-show, Heidi and Dino, we were talking about the other famous Coca-Cola company commercial, if I could teach the world to sing, but it sounded a lot better than that. So I'll let folks Google that, YouTube that, and search it up as my middle daughter would say. Okay, so we've got a ton to get into. We've got a lot of folks with us. She knew Tony, John, of course, Catherine. Big thanks to Catherine and Amanda behind the scenes helping make it happen. Mark, Letitia, welcome everybody. Looking forward to getting your, y'all to weigh in on what you hear today. So, Heidi, I want to start. You know, context is so important. We don't get enough of it in this fast-moving world that we all live in. So I want to start with a little context. So you've been helping companies transform their supply chains for over 20 years. We've got that 20-year. We don't break that rule. But for over 20 years, right? So tell us a little, a little about that. Yeah. What's the rule in 20 years? Like, you stop counting there? Yes. Yes. Yeah, got it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Matt. You bet. We all, hey, we all got to... Well, I, we got your back. We all got to have each other's back. But you've been moving mountains for quite some time, huh? Yes. Yeah. No. So definitely, you know, I've been with Infornexus um, for, you know, 20-ish years, which has been great and obviously been here because there's just so much going on supply chains and helping companies. So, you know, me personally, my role back and forth, product management, product, you know, marketing and strategy and, and building the solutions that help our customers. And what Infornexus is, is, you know, basically we're a multi-enterprise supply chain network, right? We connect companies or supply chain partners. Supply chains are multiple companies, right? There's how do you deal with your suppliers, contract manufacturers, forwarders, carriers. That's how we connect supply chains really to manage those processes. So, you know, today we're talking about visibility. Visibility is a key component, but in a, it's more than just seeing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we do is we connect companies or supply chains to really manage those external processes. How do I coordinate my shipments? How do I, you know, confirm my purchase orders? How do we manage the invoicing process? How do we manage tracking all those shipments, planning freight, all of that, really? So connecting companies with their supply chain partners to enable visibility to all parties, as well as collaboration and executing those processes, which is really key from going from chaos to control. It's not just seeing, but what can you do about it, right? Mm. Love that. And, you know, Constantine, what, as Heidi was describing all of that, and a lot of folks know about Infornexus, of course, that was for the two or three people that may not know, but the thought that comes to my mind is that ecosystem, right? Creating the information and the connection so that any company's ecosystem can be successful and be synced up. Is that, what, what came to your mind, Dino? 
Well, of course, you know, this isn't something that happened yesterday. I mean, Infor has been doing this over the course of its history and building these uh, tools. And as technologies have gotten better and orchestrated together as part of the platform that they offer, it's, it's just amazing what you can do with technology now and having all that data in one place. So uh, it's a testament to the platform concept of, you know, having many of these different solution sets together under one brand. Right? That's right. Well said. Well said. And it really is, you know, Amazing to around a lot, but it is really amazing we've come this far. You know, yesterday we were talking with a big soft drink company and they were talking about the 96 Olympics. Can you imagine what visibility was for supply chain pros in the 96 Olympics? I mean, a much <laughs> different world, right? All right. One, one other quick comment. Angie McDaniel, great to have you from Lyons, Georgia. I'm going to have to go look up where Lyons, Georgia is. Great to see you, Angie. And folks, let us know where we are tuned in from. All right. So now let's keep level setting a little bit more. So Heidi... From your perspective, you know, y'all work with a lot of movers and shakers. You got your finger on the pulse. What's going on out in the industry and what are some of the disruptions that you see business leaders really struggling with right now? Yep. And I think we talked in May, right? I think a lot of it's still the same. Companies mm -hmm. are still struggling both with the macro and the micro disruptions, right? I mean, constantly you hear in the news, court strikes, labor issues, still dealing with material shortages. Mm. Now we've got, you know, the, the Panama Canal. What are those weather impacts, all those different impacts, and how do companies basically see and react to what's going on there? So mm. it's just ongoing. Maybe the levels dialed out a little bit in some of the chaos, but companies are still every day is about what's happening in my supply chain, what do I need to do about it, right? So, you know, it's just kind of ongoing. This is how people need to function now. And I think, you know, companies still are trying to figure out the best way to get that control, make it so it's not so reactive and it's going to be somewhat reactive, but right. it's smoother. Well, <laughs> well, you know, because whether we like it or not, there's still plenty of surprises in global supply chain. That's the nature of the job. You know, we're getting more and more proactive thanks to some of the amazing technology and data capabilities that platforms like InfoNexus offers out there. But Dino, we got to embrace well, there's a phrase around here. I don't know about y'all. If y'all heard this, embrace the suck. There's a part of that just goes with global supply chain. Is that right, Dino? Yes. It's, it's an odd phrase, but yes. <laughs> yeah. So, and what she describes, is that kind of what you're seeing out there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think those, those things are spot on. And in addition, I think one of the challenges companies are still continuing to do is a lot of times you have these lagging indicators where you're looking at historic data and you're saying, okay, these are the things that are going on. But the leading indicators is where one of the other big challenges is coming in is saying, how do I best predict and what tools and what data do I want to use to best predict? And that's not something that's just very easily done. And so with some of the new things around generative AI and other uh, applications, that's going to even become much more of the mainstay. So it's mm. looking at the, the history, but then also predicting more accurately. Mm. This is what companies are trying to struggle with. And that is very true for many things. We have the data intelligence to kind of get ahead of things, but then there's always new things popping up as well, right? So we have companies dealing with, you know, UFLPA customs holds, right? Like all of a sudden, like, whoa, how do I get a hold of my supply chain? So there's always kind of something new too you can't plan for, always. but you need to make sure you know what's going on, get that, you know, visibility to the impact and react. So I do see it's kind of a mix. Yeah. Well said. Heidi, well said. And folks, two quick thoughts. First off, if you hear any traffic, Heidi's in New York City and oh, Constantine is in Chicago. And I'm on the fringe of Metro Atlanta, so you all might hear a little traffic. But secondly, kidding aside, and we're going to talk more about this, but the onus is on leaders. Given all those headaches that their team has to get through every single day, 
The owner still wants leaders to make it easier for folks to navigate and succeed. And that's what we're going to talk about, some of those opportunities here today. So, Heidi, moving right along, we'll talk about, from in your view, some of those capabilities that global supply chain leaders got to have to successfully manage and lead through all of these disruptions that we're talking about. Yeah. So I guess first it's starting with visibility, right? So we're talking about best-in-class visibility today. First is visibility, what's going on, right? What is happening, right? Mm -hmm. And that's in many forms, right? So it could be, we talked about there's weather, there's things that are in the news, right? Things like port strikes. I mean, certainly companies with global supply chain can't log in every day and try to check everything, right? So part of that is getting risk signals about what's going on to manage that. So there's that seeing or hearing the events. Some of the events are supplier delay, right? What's going on directly with suppliers? Or I've got a delay in shipment. So how do I connect to the parties directly to hear about it? But then it's the next thing is the visibility of what's that impact, right? Mm -hmm. So there are port strikes. Well, what shipments do I have going into that port, right? When will they be going? I have shipments about to go into that port. So what is impacting my supply chain? So that requires visibility to my supply chain, the status of orders, shipments, inventory. And there's kind of the two levels of impact. One is it's impacting something like a shipment, but really what is the ultimate impact, right? So getting those insights to know, okay, that shipment is going to be delayed by X days, which means it'll arrive at the plant late and we've got production downtime or delivery to a late customer. So what is the end impact is really what's important. So that really requires data. And the other thing is, I think with supply chains, there are so many points at which there can be problems. When we talk about visibility, you really need and what we've been working out with our customers and, and, and all those, like you mentioned, all the technology and insights, Constantine is, I need as little blind spots as possible, mm -hmm. right? From the moment that order drops from the supplier all the way through the supply chain as it's moving and received, there are so many points of handoffs, right? So I think today it requires full visibility into that to see where things are moving or not moving. So that way you can see what that impact is. And then again, what is the impact ultimately? Is it to my customer, my business? And then those predictive insights as well, right? So port delay, will what's predicted to arrive at the port, right? Or that delay, what is going to be the predicted end result to production and things mm. like that? truckload of great insights there. And we're going to dive in deeper, folks, just so y'all know where we're going, diving deeper to what supply chain leaders need in their technology solutions. So stay tuned for that just around the corner. Dino, what did you, what out of all that Heidi just shared, what's one thing that folks really got to keep front and center there? I, I think to what Heidi was talking about is to the visibility about what's going on. And I know that they also, you guys also do this is understanding that multi-tier uh, complexity, right? Because that's one of the biggest parts of the challenges is that it's that bullwhip of what happens here, how yeah. long will that take to affect me in weeks or days later when I need to expect that inventory in-house and how can I plan way ahead or anticipate what those problems are, particularly with things like the Uyghur Foreign Force Labor Act, right? Which is something that happens way, way early in the process when you're trying to get that to the port and saying someone, well, this is something we, it's getting rejected by the port because of, of where it's coming from. So this is that complexity that is, needs to be right. managed for sure. Mm. Yeah. Well said. All right. So Heidi and Dino, getting back to kind of what I was talking about a second ago with technology, what's got to be baked into technology? I want to tee this up though, because one theme, Heidi and Constantine, we're talking pre-show about, and we've been talking 
quite a bit about in the last couple of years is visibility is not enough. And there's lots of organizations still trying to get visibility. And visibility, yeah. of course, is really important. But many companies and business leaders have been implementing visibility solutions for years, yeah. but still trying to get the answers and the actionable insights that's yeah. needed so we can manage complexity and make better decisions and get handle the surprises better. So your thoughts to that point, Heidi, and then we're going to talk about three or four things that technology platforms have to have. So respond to that, Heidi, first. Yeah, it's funny. In my many years here, and if we're Netflix <laughs> and many slides and presentations, I think visibility is not enough. Mm. It's probably mm. been using that forever. And yet it's still, everyone still wants visibility because that is the first step, right? But it's what is visibility, right? So you want to see what's going on, but it's not just seeing, it's being able to act. So, you know, visibility is about seeing with good data. It's got to be quality data to know what's really happening is really happening. But also what other data is it to get the actual insights, right? Mm. So, you know, basically, that, like I talked about what it's affecting, what can I do about it? So, you know, something's late. Okay, what's late? What shipment? What's the magnitude? How many shipments are impacted, right? right. Actionable, like, well, what products are on it? Where is it in the supply chain that it's that the impact occurs? And what can right. I do about it? Right. So actual insights mean I have to have that in one place versus typically what happens when companies implement a visibility solution, it's that seeing part. A, you've got mm. this problem, right? So maybe there's this event or maybe we're telling you there's late shipment, but then somebody always has to go pull data from elsewhere. What's the impact, right? So the late shipment, these orders are on it. Oh, these orders for what customers? What products, how late, how important, right? You know, if there's containers sitting in a port, which ones do I prioritize? Well, which ones have the key products? Which ones are going to have higher demerge fees? They're scrambling. So to make it actionable, it really does require more data in one place. That's solution, right? Not a siloed visibility solution, but more information in one place to both see the full impact. And then all, what are the options to take action? Right. Mm. And not everything is important too. Right. So right. This, well, it's a late shipment. Does this one matter? Mm. Right. Is there plenty of stock? I need to focus on something else. So there's it's really about more data insights. Make well, well, that's really important context. And we're going to go through now. It's a perfect segue to go through. There's four things in particular that we're, how do you, we're going to get you to speak to in terms of what technology platforms have to have to make supply chains work better. Uh, before we uh, uh, start that, Jessica Reed, visibility with context. We can't get enough context, Dino uh, and Heidi, in this world, right? Tyrone, hey, you know where we're going. He says, predictive analytics, anyone? This seems to be a must-have in any manufacturing landscape. Hold that thought. We'll be there with you in just a second. And Jeffrey says, with them, which I think he's talking about what's in it for me, to the rescue. You have to be able to understand what is being yeah. impacted and prioritized to Heidi's point. Do you know yeah. your quick comment before we move on with these four things with Heidi? Well, I'll, the way I loved Heidi describing it is, to me, it's all about, again, those typical processes that you know about. The process, you can like even process mining that you're knowing what you should be expecting to happen internally. But then there's also these external factors of what data should you bring in to better understand where things are coming from. And that was a comment from one of the listeners of where bring, what kind of data you want to bring in. So that... That's visibility, right? Because it, visibility is in the eye of the beholder. Who is the consumer of that visibility yeah. data? And what are they looking to get out of it? So a supply chain person versus a procurement person versus exactly. maybe a financial person. So mm. that's another angle here that control. So right. how do you... Action, right? If it's actually actionable insights, you know, 
who has that information who can take action. So getting right. them to do that and making sure you're looking at the same time as you're all looking at the stock mm-hmm. issue, right? And all, when I say all, sorry, it's, you know, whether it's the planner plus the transportation person, what you're going to do about it, right? Right. You know, if, if I wanted non-actionable insights, I'd go read a book. You know what I mean? We need a book. Yeah. Um, all right. What other point? Did you hear? So, hi, the last time you joined us, I think we talked Star Wars was on uh-huh. the fun warm-up questions. Did you hear Dino sneak in that Twilight Zone reference with the eye of the beholder? Visibility oh, no. is in the eye of the beholder. Famous episode. Okay. So, let's go through then these four Four of the critical things. I mean, there's a full list, but these are four key things. So when we start, Heidi, I think we're going to start with earlier visibility, right? Tell us more. Yeah. So much visibility. There's an earlier visibility in, in a number of ways, right? So I think, A, something happened. That's too late, right? So you want to get ahead of it. And we're going to talk about predictive. But also earlier in that before things are moving, right? So you talk about a lot of companies are implementing visibility solutions and not getting the value. Well, they're they're... It's once something's moving in a transit, there's only so much I can do, right? So we look at visibility, it's that end and supply chain visibility is starting early on with the order, right? And is the order going to be completed on time? Connecting with suppliers, where are they production? Are they going to complete on time? You know, whether it's by manufacturing. So knowing earlier that there's problems, you know, in global supply chains, what's going on at origin or things not being picked up on time. So all that earlier visibility, you have more options to take different actions versus, okay, now it's in motion, right? So one of those things is earlier, which requires more connections and more parties and more data, but that also gives you more options what to do because if there is a problem, well, can the supplier just expedite the shipment or ship more or work? Can I reroute? And one of the things, Costa, you talked about process mining. Another thing that we find earlier was call it no event or idle process detection, right? We're using process mining for that is those earlier expectations of, something should have happened, but it didn't, right? Mm-hmm. So a number of things that we're finding from customers is where things are late, the earliest indicator is vendor didn't book in it, right. right? Early warnings to that, or it's stuck in the transship. So getting that earlier visibility is definitely mm-hmm. important. I love starting there. And then I'll get you to comment, but there's a, and I'm going to get the name wrong. So the Vlasic company, it's a big food and pickle company. I grew up eating lots and lots of pickles, Vlasic, lots and lots of Vlasic pickles. They had a legendary leader that his mantra was, give me good news fast, but give me bad news faster. Kind of to your point, Heidi, right? Mm -hmm. So we have time and it gives us options to figure things out. Dino, your quick comment there since uh, she was referencing some of what you said. Yeah, those indicators are something that I having experience as well uh, with some of the technologies I worked with where, again, when you hear something going on, if there's a bankruptcy as it's evolving and you see that news or you see that information, you're trying to cast information on that. Or even if it's something that's weather related, where you're then saying, okay, how is that going to impact? Can I go to an alternative supplier now and then actually ask them for that product? Because I'm anticipating that this could be a huge problem. And what can I do with that stuff that may, may be wasted if we're not able to use yeah. it because of this disaster? So all these things that are these indicators, the more information you have and how you're using it in differentiated ways, that could help you get a, a competitive advantage because you now are ahead of that supply chain issue as opposed to kind of reacting to it. So those are some of the great things that I think you're able to do. Yeah. Perfect segue. Perfect segue on your, one of your last points there. Predictive intelligence. Hey, hey, I don't know about y'all. I can really appreciate a great segue. And after doing this in a few years, 
it can be challenging. So let's talk about predictive intelligence, Heidi. Yeah, I mean, that's the key. The goal is to get ahead of things, right? Predict what will happen so you can respond earlier. And I love the example you just mentioned, too, of bringing the bad news sooner. You can tell a customer it's going to be delayed far in advance versus it's too late or finding out yourself. You did get more options. And predictive intelligence certainly is a key part of visibility because visibility starts with data. And then being able to predict when things will happen or occur, right? So some of it's historical information and you know, things like, okay, there would be a weather disruption or historical that, hey, you know, because of this, your shipment is going to be late. But then again, what the impact is and then other insights, right? Based on understanding those supply chain flows. And there's lots of things that information, you is that supplier going to ship on time? So basically getting those earlier warnings to react. And part of that, it requires data and learning, right? And relearning and retraining. And when you think about global supply chain, certainly if it's, you have a supply chain network that you can train machine learning on the data of the broader network that helps all the companies in the network, right? To get access to that information and predictions. Mm. Uh, man, so much goodness there just on this predictive intelligence point. Dino, your thoughts? I think those are all awesome points because we need to use that. The challenge too, though, is continuing to better use what you want to use to predict. And again, with the AI, this is where I was talking about a little bit before of there's all these different models out there, right? And I like to tell people AI's, you know, is basically the algorithm, right? It's the math at scale of all that information that you're feeding it to train the algorithm to better understand. Is there a correlation? Is there a relationship? And the better you get at tuning that and having that good data that Heidi was talking about, the better you're going to be able to say, yeah, I can get ahead of that because I know I can expect a positive correlation when that, when that event happens and I know exactly and that's just something I think every company's learning. But again, with the good technology and better technology, you're going to be able to do it better, faster, right? Steve Austin. Uh, yes. He's fragonized. Better, faster, stronger. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just the, on the data, I mean, in order to do predictions, it has to be good data. So also spending time on quality data, looking for it, cleansing the data, monitoring tools and looking for those anomalies and fixing them. So that way, when you are applying machine learning for predictions, it is based on the right data and good data, right? Predicting yes. a shipment that's not the right shipment, because, you know, whether it's vessel code or whatever, you're just getting bad information. So a lot is about making sure the data is good and putting the intelligence tools in for that as well. Got to get the good stuff, good data that can lead to uh, powerful, actionable insights and decisions. Okay. And by the way, the diesel is with us here today, Clay Phillips, because his engine is always running. Great to see a big crowd. And yeah, Heidi's bringing it here today. Clay, great to have you. All right. So Heidi, I think this is going to be, out of all the things you're talking about here today, I think this contextualization, which we're going to tackle next, is so important, uh, especially from an operational standpoint and kind of how we view situations, opportunities, problems, you name it. So tell us more about contextualization. So, you know, it's, what we were talking about before is bringing that information into context, right? What is the context of this event, this disruption, right? What's the context of the impact, right? So when is it? Where is it? And I'm just using port just because sure. it's up. When will it occur? What shipments are going in? What orders? What is the magnitude? How late? All of that in one place. And then the right contextualization of references so the right people can make decisions, right? So if it's looking at um, that shipment information, what orders, what customers, what product codes, what information, what's the link to inventory? What can I bring in context 
to bring those decisions and insights. And the other thing that um, we didn't talk about is just how do I see that? How do I visualize that? And how do I make the, that contextual information very intuitive so users can make decisions? And I think that's another tool that's key. And I'm not talking about just maps. Everybody's like, oh, I can see a map, <laughs> right? But if you think about supply chains and that so much dynamic data, right, and going on in supply chains and bringing that data in context to what is the impact and what I need to do about it in a way that users can see, that requires a number of data visualization tools. So we talked a lot about intelligence tools, but really to have best-in-class visibility, how do you visualize the data? and How do you give the users those insights to that context so they go, oh, I immediately see the impact. I know what to do about that. Mm. Yeah. Before I get you to comment, Dina, it's so interesting. Us humans don't make things like this easy. Right? It's amazing how two people can see the same image, the same show, the same, you name it, and have com two completely worlds apart different interpretations. And, and then, so you think about that and how it plays out in global supply chain management as we're and, and add the pressure and the stress. Man, we, we got to really help our teams get through and be successful. But Constantine, when it comes to contextualization, your thoughts? Yeah, I think one of the other elements there is, in the end, what are we trying to do with our supply chain? Mm. What are we acquiring these products or these raw materials or the core components? Because in the end, you're running a business. And I would like to look at that context, right? What is our purpose of making this more efficient, uh, better, and stronger? It's because we're running a business that we're trying to do. And so this goes even to the sales and the forecasting of how that's going to improve. So that goes all the way downstream and understanding that context to help you say, what is the CEO? Why does he care about supply chain or she care about supply chain because of this thing being late? Uh, and mm -hmm. what is that impact? So those are, again, all the elements here I think that we have to consider when we're looking at that, again, to that point of the context. Well said. And going back to what Heidi shared earlier in, in the first half of the show, having as few blind spots as possible. But and it's interesting when we call out, especially when we talk about context, just because someone is aware doesn't mean they're aware of things in the proper perspective and context. I think a critical point on the context and the blind spots, because I think, and back to visibility, I think some companies, okay, great, I get a delay, updates my ERP, things are late, right? But it's, you have to understand where it is in context and where, at what spot to know what to do about it, right? Which is really key. So that's why I think it's really, when you look at visibility, it's all those steps and whether it hasn't left the origin port yet, or it's stuck at a supplier, or it's stuck in it wherever, what's going on your supply chain, or you know what, I have no stock because all these orders came in. You need to see all that information in context, and that typically requires getting data from multiple systems, right? I can't just see that in one place. So contextual is how do I see that all? Mm. I can't see it in one enterprise system, ERP planning. Right. I yes. see that in one place. Holistically. Yeah. Just reach it. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and, and that's a great setup, really, for the next point, because once you have all of the access, it will allow for a greater ability to truly manage the order, so to speak. So, Heidi, tell us a little more about that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things for the many years that InfoNexus has been around, and, and I've been with InfoNexus, visibility is certainly something that's very important that we want to provide our companies. And I think one of the reasons that we've been able to provide good visibility is because visibility comes out of the fact that we're an executional platform that manages the order. By nature of managing it, sharing it with the parties that have to fulfill it, have to transport it, you're getting visibility. And that's kind of the starting point. 
And then you also have the rich data of the order. So I think many times, hey, I'm going to implement a visibility solution. I would like the order reference number. That's not enough. If you have that full order and the details, you understand what products are late. You understand earlier, like we talked about earlier, visibility mm. at every step in the supply chain. You know what? It's not going to get fulfilled in time. It's not going to ship in time. It's going to be short. Where are the delays? And you have that context. We talked about the order to really understand the impact to make the best decisions on what to do, right? It's never enough. I love that phrase. And I think that was a James Bond movie. The world is not enough. I think that was a James Bond movie, right? And it takes me back to what you have been, Heidi, touting for years. Visibility is not enough. And that's yeah. going to be a big theme. It has been a big theme of our of industry, but of, of our conversation here today. Dino, that greater ability to truly manage the order on top of the, everything else we've talked about here today, your thoughts? Well, I think it kind of also comes down to the life cycle of what's going on. So when you're talking about purchase orders or invoices or contracts or things that are part of the business process, that's what that Heidi's intimating here. She's like, there's a life cycle here of this information. It's going through different processes and different systems. And by able to having that harmonized in one place, it's easier to access that data. Not all that data is always going to be in one place. So you have to get that external data, but being able to understand that as it goes through the process, because that's what's going on, right? We know source to pay. We know the supply chain. We know the fulfillment. We know all these things have to happen, be properly orchestrated. And if you don't have that proper information or it's mislabeled or it's not coming in accurately, then you're creating other problems. So this is, a, this is really important to have right. Man, excellent point. And the last thing we need to do is mishandle problems that creates other problems, right? No one's got time for that. All right, so Heidi, and speaking of, have y'all seen The Greatest Showman? Have y'all seen this, Heidi? Better for you, but yes. I've heard the soundtrack more in my house for my kids. Perfect. So you know where I'm going. There's that song that still rings in my ears, Never Enough. That needs to be a theme for supply chain conversations. I don't know if you remember that one. It's such a great movie. Folks, if y'all haven't seen The Greatest Showman and heard the soundtrack, check it out. Okay. So let's talk about talking about action. What's the path to achieve these critical items and or more, Heidi? And one of my favorite questions is how do folks get started? How can we make it easy for them, Heidi? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of what we said. First is it's really understanding what's going on in your supply chain and the what's being impacted. You have to have connected your network, right? And it's connecting your enterprise systems on your expectations, right? What are my orders and my plans? And Connecting with those, all those parties, with the suppliers, the forwarders to both share information and get that visibility back. That's the foundation. It really connects your supply chain. So that way you get to see connecting, sharing the orders, tracking the shipments. So when there is a problem, you see the impact. Also, it's going to identify problems and disruptions and impacts. So that's the foundation is key. Now, how to get started is some, well, my supply chain, a large company, global supply chain, whoops, we just talked about data contextualization and orders and there's all this data. Let's do it all at once, right? You know, and I, I think it how varies a little bit by company size and, and, and needs. Start by connecting then what do you want visibility to and sharing, right? Is mm. it, I want to first track my shipments and then I'll go add on the order. Or is it, you know what, I've got a lot going on my suppliers. I need to make sure they're shipping on time connect and share the order, confirm the order, manage the order there. But mm. I first is connecting. Yeah, quick follow-up that. Would you also say, Heidi, that first you've got to acknowledge that you've got a blind spot and acknowledge <laughs> that you've got a challenge and really keep things real. 
Heidi, any, any thoughts there? Because a lot of times I think we'll fool yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Right. Right. No, that's a great point. And I think people, I mean, companies, and we talk to companies all the time, they're still connecting, getting the data via spreadsheets. They're pulling it from different places. Right. right. So, yeah, I'm getting my updates, but how quickly am I getting them? How good is the information that I'm getting? So they might not know they have a problem. I feel like the last few years, though, because of the chaos, companies realize they had a problem, but they're, you know, they don't fully understand, to, like we talked about the blind spots. How much do I need to light up and, mm. and connect to, right? So, yes, there is a problem, and you're right, and everybody recognizes that they have one or the degree, even though I think the past couple years has made some folks realize it. That's right. It's, it's, and that's been part of the silver lining, yeah, the yeah. great awakening in many ways. One other thing, you, since you, you mentioned spreadsheets, did I get your comment here in just a second. I've, I've seen a meme somewhere. Y'all know Greek mythology. You've got Atlas. I think it's Atlas with the world on his back. Well, I've seen a meme somewhere where it was the world of supply chain on the back of an Excel spreadsheet because <laughs> it still yeah. runs so much of industry. Really? Constantine, weigh in uh, on what we talked about there, finding, finding you know, the first step, finding a better path. Your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, Atlas was punished for carrying the world because yes. the 12 gods, right? So that's a punishment. So we don't want supply chain to be a punishment. We want it to be a positive. So with that being said, I think what you intimated, Scott, is COVID, as we all know, and all this stuff in the past, was a great equalizer of revealing your problems. And yep. people have to recognize where those blind spots are. And I think this was just everybody realized that nothing is perfect and we have to mm. fix things. And so how do you get started to your original question? I think you got to continue banging the drum on that transformation. And you're not going to be able to do everything. And you haven't been able to do everything yeah. all at once. Where are the most critical steps to continue transforming? And, you know, this process is not something that can happen overnight. But once you get it right and orchestrate that in a way, I think that's the way you then find out the next problem that you got to fix. It's kind of like your house, right? You're not going to fix everything you got to fix. You got to realize, do I get the floors done first? Do I paint the house? Do I do the roof? And that all has to be orchestrated because in the end, it's a big house or a house mm. that has everything right. But what do you need to do first in order for it to look good or, or have the most value? And it's the same concept. I'm with you. Prioritization. And I've heard a phrase somewhere, Heidi and Dino, that you don't own the house, the house owns you. I think it's, it's how uh, I, I feel sometimes. All right. I'm there right now. So I got like, what now? Oh gosh, it's an ongoing saga, I tell you. All right. So switching gears, Heidi and the N4 Nexus team have brought some resources for our audience. I want to pick up this first one here because y'all got some great news. The hits keep coming, right? Let's see here. N4 was named a leader in the 2023, bear with yep. me, Nucleus Control Tower Technology Value Matrix. And nice. folks, you can check out that research paper via the link we're going to drop in the chat. So two-part question, Heidi. First off, how cool is that? Adding one more accolade. And why should folks check out that research piece? Yeah, I mean, definitely when we talk about chaos to control and visibility, really the way to run a better supply chain is to implement a supply chain control tower. And it, why it's seeing and acting and the actual insights, that's what control towers do. So mm. learn a lot more there and the capabilities required for that and capabilities control towers like ours offer as well and so that we can help run a better supply chain. And that's a big part of the name of the game right there. So folks, we'll drop the link to that in the chat. You're one click away. As Jessica says, woo I think she's celebrating with you. Heidi, I love that. Jessica, great to have you here today. 
Well, first off, Constantine, I think you were diving into that piece earlier. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's great to be able to read and say what the leaders are doing to be able to help put this out there. Because control towers are something we've been talked about for a few years. To be able to rationalize that and put that in a context to say, what can these providers do? And I think what you guys are doing is, is fantastic at Infor of how this is improving with all these different technologies that have to come in to have a proper control tower to get that visibility that you're talking about, that predictability. All that stuff has to be there. And this is great to be able to have a resource to do that. That's right. Can make for a better ecosystem for sure. All right. And then secondly, as we're, again, we are one of our big thrusts and, and primary missions is to give folks resources, give folks power, information, because that is power. So folks, you'll learn more about M4 Nexus. You can check out the second link. We're going to publish to the chat and we'll put it in the show notes and y'all can check that as well. Tyrone says, this nourishment here, bring it on. Check out the, the pieces. And Tyrone, always a pleasure. And as someone pointed out earlier, usually Tyrone joins us via YouTube. He said he saw LinkedIn pop up and he jumped in. He smoked him while he's got him. He jumped on LinkedIn while he saw it there. So great to have you there. And we've got that link there. You can learn more about M4 Nexus. We make it really easy. One click away. Heidi. Always a pleasure. Really enjoyed your practical perspective here today. Clearly been there, done it, helping a ton of organizations. And most importantly, at least to me, the people behind the organizations, right? Because it, it, despite this technology, digital world we live in, it's the people that are continuing to push industry forward and change it for the better. And we've got we've got to take care of them, right? Make, make their days easier. So if folks want to lean in to some of the things you shared here, they want to grab a cup of coffee with you, learn more, yeah. how can folks connect with you, Heidi? Yeah, definitely. We certainly reached out to me on LinkedIn, right? So my LinkedIn profile, Heidi Benko. You can also reach me by email at work. It's my full name, Heidi.Benko at Infor, I-O-N-F-O-R.com. I'm in New York City if you wanted to grab lunch or coffee. so Man, okay. I, just, so I got to ask you, Heidi, before I get Constantine's one big thing, what is one of your go-tos, like a non-chain go-to restaurant. If, you, if folks are venturing into New York City for the day, what's one of your go-tos? For, you know, I don't, for lunch, that's... You name say. it. Coffee, right. lunch. Lunch, lunch co well, coffee. So it depends on neighborhood. New York's got tons of great coffee. So right in our office, we got Gotham Coffee Roasters, which is wonderful. East Village, Brasso. I can name tons of okay. coffee. It's easier to chat. And then depends on food that you like. There's an amazing Thai restaurant. Ooh. Walk away from me on Bond Street, Fish okay. Cheeks. That's a good I'll, one. <laughs> I'll see you in about an hour, Heidi. You had okay. me at Thai. All right, so before we wrap up the conversation here today, Constantine, we've covered a lot of ground. Very, Again, very practical. Nexus, clearly on the move, helping a lot of folks. What is one thing, though, that if folks forget everything else, all the other brilliance that Heidi dropped here on us today, what's one thing that you would uh, challenge people to keep in mind? I, I, I think... It, what it was is that we can't do everything in one fell swoop, but you need to understand the bigger context of things that are going on. I like the conversation, particularly around the contextualization. I think that's just so important in understanding that because data and technology all have to come together and understand, well, what can I do with this to, to take some action? And I think mm. that's just one of the most important things we got to remember is how are you using this, pro these processes and this information? Yes. It's not good enough just to take it all in and sit on it. How are you putting it in action? I, that's a great call out, Dina. All right. So as we wrap here today, we're ahead of schedule. And Heidi, Constantine, y'all are on it today. Let's see here. We encourage y'all. You can connect with Heidi. We've got the link there as you 
as she invited y'all to do, check that out. Jessica invites, hey, come by the info offices. Always good snacks and coffee all the way around. Love that, Jessica. <laughs> and I think this is Hassan. I think. Thank you, everyone. I found this discussion to be highly insightful. Hey, thanks for being a part of it. Great to have you here. All right. So, folks, check out. Make sure you connect with Heidi. Connect with all the cool things that Infor is up to. Check out those two pieces we dropped. And but whatever you do. And, of course, big thanks to Heidi uh, Benko with N4 Nexus for being here. Heidi, looking forward to the next conversation. Same. Thanks for having me. You bet. Always a pleasure. And, Constantine, thanks for being here. As always, looking forward to the next one of these we've got. Absolutely. Always love the conversation. I do, too. I do, too. All right. So, again, big thanks, Catherine, Bianca, Amanda. You name it. All the folks behind the scenes help making today's show happen. Folks, whatever you do, you got to take something. Take a piece of the brilliance that Heidi dropped here today, put it into action. That's the name of the game, deeds, not words. And with that, on behalf of our entire team here at Supply Chain Now, Scott Luton challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And we'll see you next time right back here at Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at SupplyChainNow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now. Supply Chain Now.